Hi. Hi. I'm Kirsten. <laughs> I'm Allie. And you're listening to Thank You, Thank you so, so Much. much. <laughs> We're doing this and hoping for the best with the audio quality. Um, we really had to do some kind of like maneuvering to try the to get angling. all together. So I really hope that this episode brings you joy and I hope it works out the way that we're trying to do this because Allie's still in West Virginia. I'm still in Los Angeles. And then we also, on top of that, have like two interviews that we're incorporating into this. So it's been really hot here too. I bet it's been hot there, huh? It's been hot and humid. Like it's been really great, but it's been thunderstorming a lot. Okay. Well, I don't know. Like, LA is getting like crazy heat. My highlight is that we got an AC and oh hell we installed yeah! It. And I'm actually really proud of myself for installing that AC because it was something that we put off for like weeks because we just did didn't you want install to it, it yourself because of all your um your handy cool handyman knowledge. I did. Basically, nice. I just watched a a YouTube video and followed it. But it was one of those things where it's like I know. This is not going to be that hard to install. It just, I didn't want to do it. Yeah, um, just a bitch. Yeah, but like me and Langston were both like irritable the day that we did it. We did it at like 11 a.m. and it's like hot. And the moment we turned it on, like the mood just changed. <laughs> we like upside down and we're happy again. That's awesome. So, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm an ace. I remember girl. last year you had to come to my house. Yeah, I had to bring, had the to bring cat your cat. Over. Yeah, because it was so hot. She was panting like a dog. That's not normal. No. So yeah, this year cat'll be nice and cool. All nice. right. Without further ado, let's get into it. So we we interviewed. I I did a little teaser. If you haven't uh, listened to that yet, go listen to the teaser. It's two minutes long. Um, or don't because you're gonna hear it on here anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I interviewed one of my childhood friends who has three children. Our moms went to college together. Fun fact. Wow. Um, so, and I've known her since I was five. Wow. Uh, and we always used to play like mommy games, like <laughs> like playhouse, but you know, involving like motherhood. What was so your she- role in the house games? Well, we had different ones. We had one that was like boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> Were and you I remember boyfriend? she always like wanted me to be the boyfriend. I'm like, Why I knew am I it. Boy? I knew it. I feel like everybody everybody has an experience like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know, just like I think we did play one where like one was the mom and one was the kid. <laughs> but you know, we have a lot of memories doing that kind of stuff, and I I feel like. She started babysitting as a young age, so I always saw her as, like, a nurturing role, and mm-hmm. now she has three kids, and she's our age. Well, she's my age. She's 20. Sorry, 20. <laughs> <laughs> she's 31. Kristen, come back to reality. <laughs> I'm in my 20s, okay? <laughs> I never left the 20s. Uh, yeah. Who did you interview? Oh, I interviewed my cousin, who, not to brag, I've known for all my life, except for two months. What do you mean, well, except for two months? Well, she's oh, two She's two months, months younger than me. Oh, got it, got it. So, she, uh, she came a little late into my life. But it's okay, I forgive her. We're like sisters, pretty much. We grew up in the same neighborhood. 
yeah, she had, you know, a different story. She had a little boy and it's, you know, wasn't planned and she's got a lot to say. She's really good at describing things. So buckle up. Yeah, you were, I mean, besides my mom, you were the first person that I I called. Yeah, and how old are you? So earlier that year, a few months before that, I had just turned 23. I mean, I was partying, I think, to put put not too fine of a point on it. And I just wanted my life to be different, but I didn't know how to get out. The day after Christmas, I went to go watch my sister's kid, and they were trying to get pregnant with their second kid at the time. And so I knew she had pregnancy tests and I was like, Hey, like, can I just like have one? Um, just because I'm like, I'm not sure. I was like, I'm sure it's fine because I wasn't being particularly careful at at the time. And I hadn't been very careful with my body for a while and (laughs) I, I hadn't gotten pregnant yet. And so I was like, nothing's really changed. But the only thing that had changed was, as I mentioned, when I turned 23 and I wanted to kind of like get my life together, I had stopped drinking as much mm-hmm. and I started eating better and I started drinking water and I started going to hot yoga. So all of these things I feel like were kind of like stacking up and probably making my body a lot less toxic mm-hmm. than it had been in the years prior. And so that was like the perfect window, I think. And so when I got to my sister's house, I took a pregnancy test and sure enough, it came up positive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just remember like, I felt like the bottom like dropped out of the world. Yeah. But like, literally that's what it felt like. Like I just remember, I just felt like I was falling. Like I was sitting in my sister's bathroom and every, I mean, everything changed. Well, it sounds like her body. Well, I don't know. It's that's like mystical but it's somehow her body knew and so she was kind of weaning herself off of partying or something I know it's yeah it's almost like the universe aligned because she really was like she was being pretty crazy to the point where I was like uh girl girl <laughs> and I'm pretty crazy so I was like girl and she called she called me actually the day she found out which was the day after christmas and i thought she was joking cuz i was like there's no way my cousin becca is pregnant like there's no way but then her mom got on the phone and was like yeah <laughs> like, this is real <laughs> oh and there's this like cute little part but get ready for a baby screaming cuz i interview her and she's in the stroller walking her daughter, walking her daughter, like it's just, like she's a dog. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was the only way to keep her daughter kind of quiet during the interview. This but, is real. Uh, this is raw. Everybody. Yeah, this is real. This is raw. So I'm just going to play yeah. like that little thing just because it was kind of cute. I don't know. Well, I have to go back to the house right now and get her another cookie. I didn't think she would care because she has a yogurt too, but she's looking shit. Maybe it's also because you're on the phone. Yeah, probably. She's like, pay attention to me. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if you heard that last part, but she was like, but she's flipping shit. She's flipping shit because she ate her cookie. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, she t- then she's talking about her um, daughters. Tell me about your daughters. So I have three daughters. Um, 
My oldest is 12. Her name's Isabel. She'll be 13 this year. That's wild. She's going to be a teenager. I know. I know. It's so crazy. Is she, has um, she like started her period yet? No, not yet. Wow. And so she's in middle school. Yeah, she's in middle school. She's going into seventh grade. Wow. That was like a real and coming of age time for us. I know, right? It's crazy. I think I started my period in eighth grade. Yeah, I remember you were kind of like a late bloomer. Yeah, I was. So I kind of think she'll probably be the same. Mm-hmm. And then my middle daughter is Alina, and she's eight, and she's going into third grade. Oh, that's crazy to me, too, because I remember her just being a baby. I know. <laughs> and then my youngest is Stella, and she's just had her second birthday. So she's, like, walking around and stuff now. Oh, yeah. Walking and talking. She's like a little parrot. She repeats everything she hears. Oh, at the end, it's kind of hard to, to hear, but she said she's like a little parrot. <laughs> so you have to be careful what you say around her. Yeah, I've only met her little daughter once, and she was like a baby baby, like a tiny baby. Aww. But now she's, now she's two, apparently. They grow that, up so fast. That's crazy to me that she's got a 12-year-old daughter. It makes me feel old. Yeah. like There's nothing that makes me feel more old than kids growing up. I remember when she first got pregnant we were still kind of like in going out and having fun yeah you were 19 yeah I remember like her being oh my god like what do I do I don't know what to do and then she decided to keep the baby and the rest is history well it'll come later in the conversation but she's she's a big help too you know to have oh, an yeah. older daughter yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. did she talk about like how each of her pregnancies were like if she got sick or she does she more so talks about the birth Mm. like what how it was different between each birth experience oh okay (laughs) does she talk about like yeah so Becca talks about um her smooth pregnancy um, it was pretty like easy, I guess, for her, but we can we can listen to what she said. Yeah, let's hear it. My pregnancy was was pretty smooth. I felt really hungover for a few months, mm-hmm. and then as I kind of transitioned out of that, I I felt pretty okay. Some people were like, oh, "I love being pregnant." I mean, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was just a really weird time. So from there, you know, we just continued to get bigger. I would be laying in bed, you know, and I was pretty far along, and he would, like, turn over. And, yeah, I definitely always had this sense of, like, this other person. He was his own self, yeah. you know, as he was growing inside of me. Like, there was definitely, like, a togetherness, but also a separateness that I just hadn't ever thought about before. You know, I feel like when other people were pregnant, it was like, oh, yeah, you're pregnant, and that's cool. Like, that's normal. Everybody gets pregnant. That's great. But when it's, ha- when it's happening to me, just very, like a very odd kind of surreal experience. I thought that was interesting how she said it was definitely like a separate being growing inside of her. Like it wasn't like you would like think. One body. Yeah. Yeah. I can kind of get that. I think it's also, you know, Christine, 
who we interviewed was talking about like the nervous system and that how that relates to your relationship with your body and your mind and your mental health. And I wonder if like that relationship that you have with your body affects how you are when you're pregnant, you know, maybe like in your relationship to the baby. Like if you like, for example, I don't feel like I am fully like at one with my body, like my mind and my body, I feel like are not in sync. So I wonder if my pregnancy would be more like, like that, where I feel like this is a separate baby. Mm-hmm. I've always felt like I would probably feel like it was a parasite inside of me and not like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like when she said that, I was like, I can relate, even though I've never had a baby. I feel like I kind of feel the same way. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I wonder uh, what Suzanne felt. I'll have to ask her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but so she does talk about like each of the, well, she talks a little bit about the pregnancy, but mostly about the childbirth and there's three of them. Mm -hmm. Um, so at first she kind of compares the first two and they're like wildly different, um, Mm -hmm. childbirths for her. Cause one, well, we'll get into it. She'll, she talks about how old she was for each of them. So let's get into it. So you were like at very different ages for all three of them. So you yourself were kind of a different person, but like, how are the pregnancies different for you? Well, with Izzy, I was only 19. Well, I was 18 most of my pregnancy. And then I was 19 when I had her. Mm -hmm. And that one was different just because like, I didn't know what I was getting into at all. Right. And, um, and you were still like a kid, like we were still going out and like figuring out our lives. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. That one was just different because I was definitely still a kid and I had no idea what to expect. So that one was the real eye opener, I would say. Yeah. And then with Alina, I was really excited because like I knew what to expect. And Izzy, when I had her, she was in the NICU, my oldest. Oh, what's that? um, Like the ICU? Yeah, the ICU for babies, neonatal. Mm -hmm. And so they had to, like, treat her in the NICU for, like, I think she was there for five days. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, so I, like, didn't get to bring her home like normal. Like, they discharged me from the hospital at, like, two or three days. Mm -hmm. And then um, Izzy stayed there. But, like, I would go back and, like, stay with her all day, basically. Yeah. It would just be at night that I didn't have her at first. But And that was only for, like, a few days. But so that was kind of, like, I think it was a little traumatic for me because, like you carried this baby for nine months and you expect to like bring them home with you. Yeah. And when you don't, you're like waiting for that moment for so long. Yeah. So that was kind of like sad for me. So with Alina, I was really excited because I'm like, I was just so hopeful that things would go differently and that it would, you know, work out and, and it did. Um, I was 23 when I had Alina and her labor, like my labor with her was super easy. I was only in like 
active labor for like six hours with Alina. Oh, wow. That's just like a good age for your, your body's like strong at that age. And yeah. Like, and since I'd already had a kid, it, like they say your second and third are easier than like your first because your first one, your body has never been through it. And then like the second time your body remembers, I guess. And your brain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that too. But Alina was just like, it was perfect. Cause like, like I didn't get to hold Izzy even after she was born. They just whisked her away to the NICU. Oh my God. Yeah. So with Alina, I got to like cuddle her the whole time. And I was just in like seventh heaven, you know? Yeah. It was just different. It's like, you know, after you have a baby, you expect them to be, like, placed on your chest and, like, just get that golden hour, it's called. Mm. Where you just, like, skin to skin and maybe start breastfeeding. Yeah, that's, like, so, the moment that you see in movies and, like... Yeah. Like the, ha ah, after the storm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After all that hard work, it's like, oh, this is my reward. Mm -hmm. So... So with Alina, it was like, you know, seventh heaven, because I really double appreciated it, you know, because I knew what I was missing, kind of. Yeah. Like, since I had Izzy, yeah. It's interesting, because she was 23. She's talking about how it was so much easier for her second baby. Mm -hmm. And she's 23, which was the same age that Becca was. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty smooth for her, too. So I yeah, her her pregnancy was pretty smooth. The oh. birthing, oh, okay. The birthing, I mean, to be fair, I think was pretty smooth too. It's just Becca didn't get an epidural. She wanted one, but it was too late. Hmm. So she was kind of freaking out. Like all in all, like everything went as planned, and the baby was born, and he was healthy, and and everything. But Becca was talking about her contractions oh was at taco night at her family's house and she said she was like playing on the wee fit like hula hooping trying to like get her her body moving and stuff because it was coming up on her due date and in, in birthing classes they told us okay like if you think you're in labor you're probably not so if you feel like you're starting to have contractions they would be like drink some water walk around like it will pass it's probably not labor like when you're in labor you will know and it won't stop and i was like okay like, i'm writing this down like if you're in labor it's probably not labor even yeah. if you think it is like drink water go for a walk yeah so i i didn't read i didn't read any books like i went into it kind of blind just because it was inevitable right and it was going to be whatever it was going to be and so people always want to know oh are you going to do are you going to get an epidural like what are, what's your plan and going to the hospital you have to have we don't have to but they ask for a birth plan like mm -hmm. written down I didn't really have a birth plan there wasn't anything that I was definitely like no I don't want this and there wasn't anything that I was like it has to be this way you know I was just I was yeah. just open to letting the process unfold and in terms of an epidural I was like I don't know like I don't I've never given birth before I don't yeah. know what it's gonna feel like you know I, the idea of having an epidural put in was kind of off-putting as well like just the thought of having a catheter you know inserted into my spine I also don't think I would want a catheter inserted into my spine <laughs> that sounds 
really bad Very, to me. Yeah. But yeah. the alternative is having to like feel everything. I mean, I guess you can still get painkillers, but but still. Um, or can well, you? I don't even know how that works. Yeah, the catheter stuff like I just don't or the epidural stuff, I just don't think I would be into that either. Like just a big out big ass needle going into your spine. Doesn't sound good, but um, I'm sure the pain gets so bad that you just want it. <laughs> Going back to, like, the night that she was in labor, she talks about that a little bit, too. And so going back to that night at my parents' house, I, I had gone to bed, and I was laying in bed, and I just remember feeling this. It wasn't even, like, a contraction, but I just felt uncomfortable. Like, I felt this discomfort kind of in the lower part of my stomach and I just couldn't get comfortable and so I kept moving around and finally you know the one place that I was like kind of comfortable was on my hands and knees like <laughs> on my bed and again I, I wasn't like in I wasn't in pain yet but I was, I was like it's gonna pass like I just need to move around I was drinking my water I'm on my hands and knees in my bed and and as I was on my hands and knees after you know probably 10 or 15 minutes in this position I was like maybe like maybe I should reach out to somebody (laughs) I texted my sister and I was like hey I was like I I just feel funny and like I don't think I'm in labor I was like but I just I'm just really uncomfortable and she was like well you know these feelings that you're having she's like get get the timer like set a timer and start recording like how far apart this discomfort is and so I was like okay so I got off the phone with her and I'm timing it and like keeping track and like logging the amount of time and so it goes from like seven minutes between five minutes between the general rule of thumb that I had gotten from my birthing classes was when you're at like five to three minutes apart Mm -hmm. that's when you should probably like go to the hospital but again I was like I'm not this doesn't feel like I don't know what I'm feeling but it's definitely coming like in waves and the waves are getting closer together. Yeah. And that's when I started to get like a little bit scared. Like I was just all the things that I had like not been thinking about in terms of like actually having to give birth. Mm -hmm. I was thinking like, Oh my gosh, like I think I'm getting closer to that. I mean, that's like, I guess I've seen labor happen in movies and stuff, but that whole idea of, you're having to time it in between contractions. Mm-hmm. I wonder if either of them had the experience of someone telling them to take a shower, like Christine said. Like, yeah, like, I don't get know. Water to see if you're actually in labor or not. <laughs> I don't think so. They probably didn't. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Kind of like going into. Not contractions, but, like, the feeling of starting labor. Suzanne does talk about that. And uh, she talks about that with her third child. And this one was kind of a funny story to me. Or an interesting one to me because it happened in an unexpected place. Oh. So. Oh, that was really cool. And then with Stella, Stella was, like, a really hard labor Hmm. I think probably because she was so spaced out, too. I don't know. Well, how old um, were you for Stella? I think I was 29. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Time-wise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how old are we? <laughs> I know. I have to think about it sometimes. 
I'm like, uh, oh yeah, I'm 31. Yeah. <laughs> Her labor was just like really long. And so then they started talking about doing a C-section. And luckily I had this like amazing nurse who was like, no, like you can get through this without a C-section. And she convinced the doctor to let, let me try for like another hour or something you know oh that's great what a good nurse yeah she she really pushed for me and i'm so glad she did because i mean i had been in active labor for like 15 hours or something and i'm like i didn't want that to all be wasted yeah <laughs> all this fucking work and you could have just got a c-section <laughs> yeah and plus it's like better for healing and everything to have a vaginal delivery. Mm -hmm. What? Well, um, how long was Izzy's labor? Izzy's labor was like twenty-four hours. Oh wow! It was intense, and my water broke, and she wasn't like I didn't go into active labor like right after my water broke, so they had to put me on pitocin, which like jump starts your labor, and it was just it was a rough go of it. I mean. I was just so exhausted. There was times where I was like, my body was just like shaking. I was puking. It's a, it gets really intense. That's for sure. Yeah. And Stella's labor kind of reminded me of Izzy's in that way, where it just kind of went on and on. Wow. So then, how, after like the fifteen-hour thing, and the nurse like gave you more time, how long was it like total? You know, I'm lying. I think it was like total. Of 13 hours that I was in labor with her. Oh, okay. There's a lot. Or like 14 or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because my water broke when I was in Target that afternoon, and then I had her at like 3:30 in the morning. In Target. In the I don't know why yeah, that that makes like, me laugh. You're just like shopping at Target, and then. Like... Yeah. Well, and she was like my third baby, so I knew like after my water broke, I still had some time. Uh huh. So I like finished shopping at Target. Like, <laughs> Gotta check out. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna do one more. When we go by the house, Stella's like thinks we should go inside immediately. Are you guys, uh, are you like walking here in the stroller right now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna do one more lap. Because it was her third pregnancy, she kind of knew that after her water broke, she had some time. And not everybody has mm -hmm. that experience, I don't think. But yeah. She talks about with her first pregnancy, she had to be put on Pitocin to induce labor or something like that. But can you imagine being in Target and just having your water break? No. Like, what? Ha <laughs> like, do you tell somebody? Are you like, my water just broke all over the floor. Can you go clean it up? Like, what do you Maybe it's do? in her pants. I don't know. Like, Maybe. It seems like it's a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't blame her for, like, still shopping around, checking out Target. Because, I well, mean. She's, she's got, like, two daughters already. I don't know if she had the daughters with her. but She's you know, like, she's, whatever. She's this is just another that. day. Yeah. <laughs> I felt her about, uh, like, I've been going through all of this. Like, I'm not just going to get a C-section afterwards. Because that's what happened to my mom with me. Wow. I would not come out. Apparently, my mom's birth canal was way too small. And they knew that the whole time. But because it was the 90s, they had to try to have the baby, like, vaginally 
Wow. And I wouldn't come out. And after like, I think it was something crazy, like 20 hours of labor, they finally were like, okay, let's just do a C-section. Yeah. So she went through all that labor. For nothing. nothing. So there was just certain like legal stipulations that they had to go around. Yeah. They like had to try for so long before they could give you a C-section, I guess. That's crazy. Yeah. Fuck women. Am I right? Yeah, dude. Speaking of, and this is something maybe we can talk about later on, but there's a podcast about this lady that worked at a fertility clinic that was switching out their um, fentanyl with saline. And there was like dozens of women that were just like getting eggs extracted, which is like very painful process with like zero, like they felt everything. And nobody believed them. Yeah, nobody believed them. And then finally, like, it came out that one of the nurses was, like, doing that. And That's she was insane. A what a yeah. psycho. I know, dude. That's what an addict, really. <laughs> um, yeah. Anywho. She talks about um, how she was, like, at her house uh, on the, like, she had this exercise ball and she was trying to just, like, get comfortable because she was laying in bed and she uh just kept having these like pains and contractions and stuff and i'm just kind of like bouncing up and down and then i would like be on my hands and knees and kind of like you know with the ball under my arms and just kind of like lowering my torso out Mm -hmm. to try to get some relief you kind of i kind of start to go into this other headspace like i just you're kind of transitioning mentally into this like totally different place and so all of a sudden i realized like it's been 45 minutes and like every, I, I now believe that I'm having contractions and they've been three minutes apart for 45 minutes. Oh, and I God. was like, okay, I was like, I need to go. I was like, I need to go tell a grown up. Like, what <laughs> yeah. I, I called my mom and, you know, she's like, hello, because at this point it's, you know, close to probably like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. I don't yeah. know what time it was and it was late. And I was like, I think, I think it's happening. And she was like, okay, well, like, come upstairs, which I'm like, they should have come down to me. Like, yeah. I'm, the one. I'm the one in labor, you know, yeah. whatever. So I go up to, I go up to their room and I'm like, I'm like, you guys, like, I think, I think, I think we got to go. And they're like, oh, okay. Okay. So I'm like, you know, rolling around on their bed. Like I'm really starting to get really uncomfortable at this point. You know? Did you like have a bag packed and stuff beforehand? Yeah. I had packed a bag probably sometime in the week leading up to that because I had gotten, you know, I had like a baby, a couple baby showers. So I had like this little outfit. I, I was, I was ready to go, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like in the movies. Like I feel like in the movies, it's like, we gotta go, go. And everyone's like running and crazy, but I just kind of like gradually happened. So we're in the car. I'm in the back of my parents' car and we get to the hospital and you, you have to like pre-book your room at the hospital. So like everything was already ready. Like they, they you give them an estimate of your due date they make sure that everything is set up so that when you come in, it's like a pretty smooth process to get into your room. Okay. I didn't know that. Um, Yeah. So that's how it was at this hospital. Another thing that they were really good about is because I was not in contact with my ex, you know, things had kind of deteriorated to a point where we were no longer communicating. Um, I had just stopped hearing from him and I wasn't trying to reach out to him either, but I you know, I, it was unpredictable. I didn't know what would happen or, you know, I was afraid 
was kind of like a wild card. Like I didn't know if he was going to show up. Yeah. You know, so nobody was, no, uh, nobody was allowed to post anything on social media. And when I went to the hospital, they put me in under a different name. Oh shit. So, so that nobody, yeah. So that nobody could come. Like you had to have a, like a pin, like there was like a pin number that my family members had to use to gain access to where I was and only a few people could come back anyway which is just general rules but they put me in under a different name so that nobody could know that I was there which mm-hmm. was really great of them because I'm not I'm not a celebrity you know yeah. I'm, I'm just me but I, I thought that was I thought that was really it was really kind of them thoughtful you know yeah they were just it felt very safe so that was nice yeah I wonder if that's a normal th- thing for hospitals to do or if she was just at a really nice I bet that is a normal thing because think about how many mothers have babies and they don't want their significant or like their baby daddy to be there because of bad blood or, or whatever, like abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Abuse. Like I'm sure it's kind of a, I'm sure it's like a thing that hospitals do everywhere. They probably realize like that added stress can like kill a baby or kill a yeah, mom. it can be bad for the baby. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that was that was really nice. Um, that she got to have that peace of mind, you know. Mm-hmm. But the next thing that Susie talks about, since she's had so many pregnancies, like what would she be prepared for? Like what, what would she do in the future? Let's roll that clip. What were you more prepared for, like in your later? pregnancies that you like wish you would have known for the first one I guess I would have said like don't they tell you to make a birth plan and everything which is great but like don't get too attached to that birth plan because things are liable to change at the drop of a dime you know and you might go from having a vaginal delivery to a c-section or your baby might have to go to the NICU yeah and it's just I think it's important to think about like all those potential outcomes like it's good to have a plan but um and know what you want so you can like advocate for yourself and your partner can advocate for you yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah not to get like too thrown off and flustered by it because at the end you still have a beautiful baby yeah you just gotta let like and like trust the doctors to to know what they're doing yeah yeah yeah. yeah, she, she kind of had the same, like, the same thought as Becca. Like, at the end of the day, whatever happens, happens. Like, you're going to have a baby. <laughs> yeah, it's going to come out. All right, so next we have another thing about birthing that I feel like people don't really talk about. Contractions? Which, yeah, yeah. Well, they don't talk about, like, the feeling of it. Like, I know it hurts, but... yeah. I always assume it just like sucks, but I mean, this is this is what Becca says contractions feel like. And so at this point, like I for sure know, like it's no longer a question of like am I in labor, but like it's for sure happening. And so the way that it felt is I could I could be up walking around between contractions. And so I would be walking in the hall, holding on, there's like a handrail on the wall. And when the contraction would come, it felt like my entire abdomen and everything inside of it was turning to stone. Like oh. it would just 
literally contract down, but it felt, I mean, it was hard and it was heavy. And when they would come, I would just like have to hold onto the handrail and like squat down on the ground and kind of like curl up. And then I would like be like, oh shit. And then I'd have to get through it. And then I would like get up and keep walking because I, I couldn't be still like being still felt bad. And so I just like had to keep moving until I couldn't. And then I'd stop and then I'd get up and keep walking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The turning to stone part is crazy to me. Like I can just imagine what that feels like because you know, period cramps. I also asked Becca, like, do period cramps feel anywhere near contractions? And she said, like, uh, it does. It feels very similar, except it's just more, like, everywhere. Yeah. Like, it's going up into your your belly, your back, like, everything. Yeah, the turning to stone part, I was like, ugh. Like, <laughs> I can imagine, like, when you're super bloated and stuff, but then also just add, like, the worst period cramps you've ever had in your life times 10. I guess like no. turning stones makes me feel like everything feels hard. Like, yeah. Yeah. And heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't imagine that. Mm-hmm. Well, Susie talks about something that we often keep, keep uh, under the duvet. We don't really talk about. We don't really talk about it very much, but a lot of women experience it. Almost during, all of them. Almost all of them do. I was looking up statistics. It's like mostly they do, but I didn't know this until talking to people that have had kids. And that is coming up right now. What medical things surprised you? Or were, did you basically kind of know, like from research, what was going to happen? I researched a lot and the thing that surprised me is that like you do poop with pretty much every baby like while you're pushing them out oh i hate that i you know they like they're so swift with it like like my nurse would like just pick it up and like pull her glove over it and throw it away like it was nothing you know like yeah like standard procedure right and you're so like in the thick of it that it just doesn't even matter. You're just like, just get this baby out. Like, yeah. The glove part reminds me of like picking up dog poop. Yes, <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. Well, I'm like, where do, we, where do I get that mental image from? Fun fact. Like, yeah. Becca didn't poop. I am so, but she she prepared herself for it, didn't she? Yeah. So she her due date came and she like gave herself. Uh, a colon cleanse or whatever and like got it all out so when she actually had the baby she didn't even poop did so uh becca talks a little bit about not having an epidural doesn't she yeah so it's funny you mentioned that um she she does talk about she she like was trying not to have an epidural And she actually talks about how she had a tub in her room. And I know that we talked to Christine about water births and just having like water in the room. Um, But yeah, she had, she was like in and out of the tub. And then essentially it was like when she finally did want the epidural because it was so painful, uh, it was too late. So that's what she talks about here. Yeah. And 
for the tubs at this hospital, they didn't want, you couldn't deliver in them, but you could labor in them. And since I'd been pregnant through the summer, I had spent a lot of time in the pool um, because that was the one place that like took a lot of the weight off of my back, you know, from my belly and I mm-hmm. could just like float and hang out. I wanted to be in the water. And so I was in there and just kind of moving around on my hands and knees a lot of the time, just trying to keep the pressure off of my back. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how long I was in there. You know, I'd get out every once in a while to get the monitor put back on. But at one point I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Like I, I can't do this. I think that I'm dying. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah. nobody else, nobody else seemed to think I was dying. But I was like, I think I'm dying. Like, this is not, this isn't right. Like, a person is not supposed to feel this way for this long over and over and over. And I was like, I, I give me something. Like, I'm at the point now where I would like to have an epidural because this, I can't take this shit anymore. <laughs> and because you just, you don't know when it's going to be over. And so it's, it's a mind game where you're just trying to like you're just trying to survive basically I just in the background of just trying to get through each contraction I was scared and everyone was doing a really good job at like you know keeping me calm and being very reassuring they were like before we give you an epidural like we have to monitor you at least one more time before we can like get that set up I was like, oh, fine. And so when I stood out of the tub, there's like water coming off of my body and it's like dripping off normally. But then all of a sudden, there's just like way more water like coming out of me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my water just broke. And they're like, okay, well, like, come on, like come over to the bed. It's so, like everyone's trying to help me out, you know, walk over there. And like halfway across the room, and I mean, it couldn't have been more than like maybe 10 feet or so, I don't know, to the bed. It wasn't far. Yeah. But all of a sudden, I felt with my contraction I felt like someone was hanging on to like my esophagus and like trying to pull it into my belly what it just made yeah I was like like the weirdest feeling and it was the urge to push but like felt like everyone it was like something was like winding my esophagus like down into my stomach everything was like being pulled into the center and it just made me be like oh like Damn. I like it's so it's so hard to describe, but that's the that's the best way I can describe what it felt like. And I was like, oh my god, something's happening! And they were like, we need like you need to get over to the bed. Like we got it, you know, we're gonna put the monitor on you. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, hobbling to the bed, like gagging. And I get on the bed, and they were like, like you are like nine centimeters. Like this baby is like coming out, and they're like, also, it's too late. Like you cannot have an epidural. I didn't realize that bouncing on the ball thing was such a common thing. Mm-hmm. They both mention it. And it yeah, sounds like, so I guess yeah. if we ever get pregnant, we should buy a bouncing ball. Yeah. <laughs> and get a birthing tub. Yeah. I don't know if I would want an epidural, though. I, on- <laughs> I so, I have endometriosis. My cramps are so bad. Not anymore because I'm on birth control. But my cramps are were so bad. I almost feel like I could handle natural childbirth. I mean, I know I would probably be like, I can't do it. But all in all, I think, like, we'd survive. And I don't no, know. I mean, like, we have to. That's just. Yeah. And I think, like, I, I cut this 
conversation part of the conversation off a little bit but i was talking about how my mom um she told me that when we were when she was having me i think it was she told the doctor at some point during it i can't do this i just can't do this and it's funny because becca you know had that feeling in one moment too and it's like i think almost every woman has that feeling i yeah every like uh birth i've seen on tv all all the women are like i can't do it but like you can do it but i'm sure it feels like that at at that point it's Um, crazy how much pain women have to go through why yeah (laughs) you know there this is for another episode but there is a conspiracy that we are actually a hybrid species of like alien and yeah. monkey um so that like our childbirth sh- like shouldn't be this painful but it is because we're not natural oh interesting yeah we yeah. should do we can talk about that later on different conspiracies at some point did uh did uh Susie talk about an episiotomy at all she did and mm. I didn't know this word until I interviewed her about it. Mm-hmm. So I had listen. heard of it before, but I wouldn't have known it like until this, until I talked to my cousin too. Well, I had heard of it, but I didn't know the word for it at all. So I was mm-hmm. like, the way that I ask her about it is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you how I ask. So the vagina thing, uh, I hear like it rips or sometimes they cut it. What yeah, did they do? If they cut it, um, they let me tear for all mine. Like, I don't. I think it's more of like a doctor's preference because I have girlfriends who've had babies like around the same time as me, and they did have episiotomies, mm-hmm. which is when they cut. Um, but my uh, OBGYN just always let me tear. They said it was more natural that way like for the skin to go back it's more like um like a puzzle piece going back together rather than like trying to stitch up a straight line I don't know if that makes sense but yeah like the tissue the shape of the tissue when it tears can heal better or something yeah Mm -hmm. so and I don't know if that's actually I mean that's what they said I don't know if that's true but it makes sense yeah so I mean I was always like fine with them letting me tear I mean regardless it just sucks after you have a kid but honestly like that part is like it can be I know there's a lot of complications that women can have and I'm so blessed because I didn't have any of those like complications with after delivery um but to me it was like that pain was so small once I had the baby. It's like, because you, all your focus is on your child after you have them, you know? So you're not so focused on your own pain anymore. Yeah. And your body is just like kind of like you're less heavy. <laughs> so it's like. Yeah. That's interesting though that um, her doctor said it's better to tear. Because we can listen to Becca's story, but um, her doctor said the opposite. Yeah, well, it's weird because the way that her doctor descri- described it, like a puzzle piece, that makes it sense. It makes sense. 
it really it, makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Becca talks about like her pushing, like the whole part of like her pushing, her getting the episiotomy, like all of that stuff in this segment right here. I don't know how long I pushed for. It was not it was not long. I want to say maybe fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. maybe thirty. It, it was kind of a blur at that point. But I'm pushing and pushing, and again, these contractions, everything just feels so, it's like, just so solid, like, you're just trying to push this solid mass out of your body, and, you know, for a while, it feels like it's really happening, and you just kind of get lost in the repetition of, like, okay, here you can have a little bit of a break, okay, here comes another contraction, like, push, 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 Mm -hmm. and I know at one point, doctor, like, back from the table a little bit and I saw him ask for scissors essentially and the one the one thing that I had strong feelings about was something called an episiotomy and episiotomy is where they cut they make a cut like through your perineum in an attempt to prevent tearing what is is a what is a perineum okay so your perineum is like your tank <laughs> okay it's like the, the space between like your vaginal opening and like your butthole basically. okay okay so if you imagine that skin it's kind of like uh, a diaphragm or like a, a drum almost so as that baby's head is coming out there's a lot of pressure on that tissue and if you have a really slow labor and if you're there are things you can do to help like stretch the tissue. Like if you have a partner who can be like using olive oil or whatever, like before you go into labor to like be stretching out. Your... Yeah. It's like a whole thing, but I do not have those services available to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I was not going to have my mom do that. Yeah. Um, and so you can have like different degrees of tears, which I did learn about. So then later on, you know, when I'm in, grad school and we're learning about babies and delivery I'm so glad that I'd already had a baby at that point so I was like this is horrifying like <laughs> learning all these things but I knew what an episiotomy was going into my delivery and so it's when they make a cut through that tissue because if you have like a what's called a fourth degree tear which is like the worst tear that you can have it's when you tear from your vaginal opening through the muscles like of your rectum oh and that can cause yeah, it can cause a lot of problems, right? Because then you might, your muscles might never function the same. You could deal with like, you know, leaking stool, like stool incontinence. It can cause all kinds of problems. And so this the thought being, if they make a cut, it prevents you from tearing. It gives them a little bit more control. And a cut is much easier to repair than a tear is. Mm-hmm. And, but the thought of it, I mean, just, it sounded so awful. And so I saw him, getting scissors and I was like no 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 no! please 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 I don't want that I don't want that he was just like I'm trying to save your bottom and he had like his hand like pushing there because I think that tissue was probably starting to really stretch out I think Mm -hmm. I was probably very close to tearing so Dr. Presley I hold nothing against you like I know that you were (laughs) probably doing me a favor and I I remember the feeling it didn't hurt because I think the tissue was so stretched out but I remember, I don't know if you've ever cut through, like, really thick fabric with, yeah. like, sharp scissors. Oh and it's God. just this kind of, like, chunky kind of sound. Like, a thick, 
cut and you can just feel it. And I just, I felt it and I was like, Oh God, you know, <laughs> I love that both you and I, so we're on a video call right now, guys. And both Allie and I made the same face. Mm-hmm. It was the tongue out face. Mm-hmm. I don't like that her daughter, her doctor did that. Yeah. That I mean, sensible. Like, she told him not to. Yeah, she told him not to, but I think he maybe he was scared that she would have like full rectum tearing. You know, I don't know. I don't know why he decided to do that, but according to um your friend, yeah, I according mean, to your friend, like babies. her doctor said it was better to repair a tear that just like happened, you know? Yeah. And maybe maybe there was something different with the way their bodies are that, that led to that choice. But, like, I don't know. It still doesn't sit with me right that her doctor just did that after she asked him not to. Right. Not like, he like just, like, necessary. got the scissors and was like, well, we're doing it. Yeah. 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 You know, I agree with you, actually. That is non-consensual. That's not consensual. I mean, he talked her into it, so she did consent, but... Yeah, but he talked her into it. She didn't yeah, want it. She didn't want yeah. it. And lots of people don't, apparently. Suzanne apparently, had two yeah. babies, and it was fine without it doing it. It was fine. So. Yeah, yeah, but to be, to be fair, rectal leaking sounds bad. Yeah, that does sound bad. Doesn't sound fun, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like, it, he, she says she didn't want it. Like, just don't. Like, let her tear. Yeah, and let her, like, reap the whatever repercussions. Consequences. Yeah. The consequences. Like, it. if that's her, that's her problem. Exactly. So, um, we both asked the question about what's next? Mm-hmm. What's happening in the future? Will you have more kids? Mm-hmm. What? was well I'll I'll give you what um Suzanne's answer was it's not surprising but here it is <laughs> do you think you're going to have any other kids or is this it no <laughs> <laughs> I like Alex and I were talking about that the other day and I'm like cuz I'll still see a newborn baby and you know like I'm like oh my gosh they're so sweet like just one more but realistically, I just, I don't really think I could handle another one, to be honest. It's expensive, too. Like, Yeah, it's expensive, and three is a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we're totally outnumbered. What's it like, like, did you ever wish you had a boy? Or, like, are you happy with three girls? Yeah. No, I definitely had wished I had a boy. Yeah. Um, but now that I have three girls, it's like... I don't know what I was thinking because I love having three girls and I don't know what I would do with a boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you have the same interests and like, yeah. it's just fun. And like, girls, like they just run the world. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And I think they're more, I mean, this is all stereotypes, but like, I think they're probably more like obedient and just like easier to <laughs> to keep like from getting in, into trouble but i don't know sort of, yeah. <laughs> their attitudes are big yeah they can get in your head probably a little oh more. yeah <laughs> <laughs> girls run the world ain't that right yeah girls run the world bitch <laughs> well 
Becca tells us about her dreams, hopes and dreams when it comes to, to more kids. You know, if I ever got married, I don't know. I, I think the older I get, I'm 33 now. We're, we're 33 now. I, the older he is too, you know, I'm getting closer to a point where he's having like more independence when he is on his, you know, old enough to be on his own. I'll still be, you know, relatively young. I'll be in my early forties, mid forties and I can travel, you know, I'll be at a point financially where I can travel and have this other chapter of my life, but I don't think I would want to have another baby. I don't (laughs) think I'd want to go through all of that again. (laughs) I don't blame you. I think she's good on that. But also, yeah, like Augie, her her son is almost nine. This Mm -hmm. or in August, he'll be nine. And well, his name is August, but we call him Augie. Okay. She's kind of like, well, by the time, like nine, in nine more years, he'll be 18. And then we'll be able to, you know, she'll be like 42, 43. And she has a good career right now. So I think she's like looking forward to that free time that she didn't really get in her 20s, you know? Yeah. And I think that's something that if I do end up having kids, it's going to be a thing because it'll be my mid 30s or late 30s or 40s even by the time I have kids. And then you chalk on another 20 years before they're independent. But then you're only in your 60s, and I feel like people retire in their 60s, and they can have, like, a whole nother life. life. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. That's true. And I think I like that I have been able to be free for this long. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a trade-off, of, no matter it what. It is. Suzanne, well, you know, there there was a lot of stuff that... that we didn't include and maybe we'll do an extended cut of this yeah but but we can end with um some advice some wise words yes wise words from suzanne yeah i asked her since well i were i'm just gonna play it with my question okay so for me i haven't had any kids yet but i probably will someday i think i will what would be like your words of advice for someone like me Oh God! <laughs> That's such a broad-ended question, but <laughs> I would just say, don't be too hard on yourself. Mm. It's really easy, like even in pregnancy and child rearing, to be really hard on yourself, and others can be hard on you, like you're not doing it right if you're not doing it this certain way, you know. But I think as long as your baby has love and basic needs are met and like that's all there is to it you know like don't put too much into what other people's opinions are and stuff because everybody's opinion is different if you try to please everyone it's like a wreck yeah even within like doctors i'm sure too so it's like you just got to use your intuition and and make sure they're they're healthy and yeah i mean i really trust our pediatrician so yeah you have to get a good one i guess (laughs) yeah but yeah, just don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. That's great advice. And I think that's the moral of all of it. Like, I, th- I, I feel like, yeah. Has love as long as the, mm-hmm. you're there for your child and you're keeping him or her or them healthy. Yeah. 
Um, and that was kind of Christine's advice to us too. Like do what's best for your kid. And, and as long as they're like happy and fed, not even happy, but as long as they're fed, like <laughs> that's all that matters. Just don't neglect your kid and you're good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not that hard. <laughs> oh yeah. There was like a whole, and maybe we'll add this in the extended cut, but there was a whole part of, uh, Suzanne talking about how in Indiana there's no law for how old your child has to be to leave them alone. Oh, so like, so pretty class. much like yeah. anyone could leave like their five year old alone Apparently, at home and it wouldn't be child neglect. It wouldn't be illegal. Yeah, that's crazy. That's that's really weird. But that's for another discussion. That's this actually very really, interesting. That's actually. I have a lot to say, not in this podcast, but I have a lot to say to you after this. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. I I have a lot to say, too. That I, I heard a story. Well, we'll we'll hear it in the extended cut. You know, we yeah. should do a side podcast that's like our side quest. The side quest podcast. The side quest. Que- the side questions. The side, side questions. questions. We got some. We got something going there. Well, guys, that that's all we have for you. I hope that this. Uh, I hope you learned something first of all. Um, and I hope you're more is, prepared to deliver a baby in the future. Yeah, I think this is something that, like, if you don't have kids, you never think about. And I think Literally. it's important for people to think about, you know, think about yeah. what your mothers went through. Mm-hmm. Everybody's mother went through this shit and mm-hmm. um, women deserve the credit mm-hmm. for doing Definitely. it. Definitely. Um, well, guys, follow us on Instagram. Like, what the fuck are you doing if you don't follow us on Instagram already? It takes two seconds. What do you live in a rock? Thank you so much podcast. Or is it Thank You So Much Pod? Thank You So Much Pod. Thank You So Much Pod. Mm-hmm. Email you us. Email us at the same thing. Thank you so much, Pod. Thank you so much, Pod. At, at Gmail. Gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Gmail. Account, which you can find from our uh, Instagram. Instagram. Let us know, like, what you guys think about threads. Do you oh, like it? Also, we have a the votes from last week. Oh. About is is assisted suicide ever okay? And what did yes, people say? Or never. Like yes, sometimes or never. And most most people said yes. Sometimes uh, there was like thirty three percent that said never. Interesting. So, I don't know who that, I don't know out. who y'all are, but we hear you. We see you. Y'all have some opinions, and we, we got it. opinions, and we like it. Stay tuned for this week's little poll, and we'll tell the results next week. Obviously. All right, guys. Love you so much. Peace out. Bye. Bye.